You've just entered a safe, relaxed, and open forum where you can allow your imagination to take you places you normally dare not go. Welcome to The Fourth Dimension with Toby C., where we discuss evil resistance in the early efforts of sobriety. Here's Toby. I'm back. Can you believe it? Back with a vengeance. Back today with Lachey. Hey, Lachey. Hey, Toby. Ah, take a deep breath. (sighs) What do you think we're going to talk about today, Lachey? Evil resistance during early recovery. There you go. Amen on that. Yeah, if you're just joining us, um, we're going to be, this is another show about recovery. There's thousands of them out there. This show is going to be a little bit different if it's your first time here. We're not going to be talking about God could and would if he were sought and do this and do that. There's one who has all power and that one is God. And may you find him now. No, we're going to be talking about the antithesis of that God. We're going to be talking about really evil resistance during early recovery. You can call it whatever you want. But for some of us, when we were down, down at the bottom, felt like something was kicking us to keep us down. Do you remember that, Lachey? Oh, definitely, definitely. Oh, back in the very beginning. So, you know, we're not going to be sitting here talking about uh, the devil in the mm-hmm. sense of putting the devil on on a pedestal, but we're going to be examining uh, the evil one in order to understand the mysteries of faith better, to understand that there is really only one who has all power, and that one is God, and may you find him now. And quite often quite often we get distracted um, by something other than ourselves or it or him or her, right? So take a deep breath. Ah, Lachey. Where are you from? I'm originally from San Diego. I was born and raised there. But I came to this place by way of Indianapolis, Indiana. Yeah, this place is Palm Springs, Palm Springs California. California. Loving it. Yeah. And um, what do you think? Uh, when you were growing up, uh, did you, uh, what was your religious background? Did your family attend church? Were you, uh, do you have a good routine or a good religious uh, uh, yeah, experience? Yeah, I have a really good, uh, my my maternal grandmother took me to church in the Presbyterian Church, and my paternal great-grandmother took me to church in the Southern Missionary Baptist Church. So I have a, a pretty wide understanding, theological understanding of uh, God, and I just had to remember when to shout amen at which church and when not to. So, um, And then when I went on eventually to seminary, I was shocked to find out that people didn't go to church, that there were people who didn't grow up going to church because I thought everybody grew up going to church because that's what we did in our community. Right on. Um, well, you kind, of, you kind of let the cat out of the bag, so let's, let's talk about your experience in seminary and, um, and really becoming a, a man or a woman of the cloth. And uh, how was that experience for you? It was difficult. Um, um, during my seminary, I had gone to think about becoming, you know, a, a pastor in the church. And the more I experienced that side of being pastor in the church, I realized that's not what I wanted. That wasn't my call. And so 
I was going to quit seminary. And then one of my um, mentors asked me to try what is called clinical pastoral education. And that is um, where you are taught to be a chaplain. And I was taught to be a chaplain in the urban setting. Um, It wasn't in the hospital like normal chaplains or quote normal chap. People think that chaplains are only in the hospital, but I was able to work at a center for children and I fell in love with chaplaincy. And so um, when I graduated, I got a job as a hospice chaplain and that was amazing for me. I mean, I would I love to be with people who are dying and people look at me like you're crazy. And I said, yes, yes, probably. And I still love it. And uh, uh, after doing that for some 10 years, I think it was, um, I decided that I wanted to be the one teaching chaplains. And so I went uh, to University of San Francisco, University of California, San Francisco, and trained there to, to teach and train other chaplains. So that has been my career um, and it was then. and it was a it was a passion and you, you know sometimes the best way to improve your skills at something is to instruct others yeah and um wow so so not only were you passionate but you were able to share that passion with others yeah. and to prepare others to experience the same joy that you experienced right you know so you were doing God's work weren't you Lachey? yes um i was and i realized um that there was a calling on my life at a young age, and I just didn't know what it was, and I still don't know exactly what it is, but it's evolving. But I knew that there was a connection that I had a the liminal space, you know, the space between the spirit and the physical world for me was thin, and so um, I had even people, you know, tell me at a young age, "Oh, you'd be a great minister. You'd be a great this. You'd be." You, you're such a spiritual person and um, kind and compassionate. And so this this career is kind of um, putting all those skills and all those gifts and, and talents together in one space. Wonderful. I'm going to ask you a question, and you already know the answer because we talked about it before, but, <laughs> but maybe our guests should, comp- you know, should consider this, you know, our listeners, that um, would you consider yourself to be and to have been a high value target to to something evil what do you think yes i do exactly because i believe that when you let your light shine then darkness is is often um perplexed or darkness tries to shut the light down there you go um because People want to stay in the dark, not because they are evil or because of anything, but because it's hard to be in the light. And when someone or something with light comes into the darkness, then the darkness, I think the Bible says, uh, it doesn't comprehend it. Yeah. And so... um, Sure you were a high-value target. Yeah. As a a matter of fact, anyone... Who mm-hmm. who decides to step out of the darkness yes. and into the light yes. to follow the light, right. and even more so to be a guiding light eventually, yes. and to transmit that light? Certainly, we become 
a high value target mm-hmm. of the darkness. How about that? If we, if for this show, we don't talk about the devil or mm-hmm. call it Satan or old scratch, yeah. let's call it the darkness. darkness you yeah. know, but, no, I like the devil too. Right. Keep it, keep it real. <laughs> but the darkness and the light, the light, I think everybody has light. No question about and it. And so that's let the your thing light where, shine. Or it's like, um, you know, because I have gone this road that I have a special light, and I may have a special light. However, we all have access to that light, and it's, it's within us. And wow. so we're not immune from the attacks of the darkness. No, nobody is. There it is. And that's going to be a good segue to a couple of good ghost stories that we have coming up in the next couple of segments. By the way, if you're just joining us, I'm Toby C. The name of the show is The Fourth Dimension, and we're here today with Lachey of Indianapolis, Indiana, San Diego, Mm-hmm. And currently in Palm Springs, California, and you never know where she's going to be tomorrow. But we're talking about evil resistance that so many of us who step into the light and move toward the light experience. And that happens so often in early recovery. Mm-hmm. In early recovery, we're vulnerable. Yes. We're, 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 we're fresh. We're raw. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Does that, does that resonate a little bit to your experience? Remember? But by the way, Take a deep breath, Lachey. So something happened along the way. Something happened along the way, Lachey, that that robbed you of this joy. And and into the the depths of, of alcoholism and other indulgences, you fell. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, what do you just before, you know, and listen, listen, if the answer is I don't know, mm. that's an honest answer because we're really not here to talk about the fall. Right. We're here to talk about what happens when we try to get up. But, but let's keep it real. What do you mm. think if you were to summarize what robbed you from your joy and slipped you into the gates of, of, of your indulgence? And so what do you think it was, Lachey? Mm, I think um, pr- my first thought is fear. Um, and now that I'm thinking about it, I was afraid of my own light. I was afraid of that because it made me different. Um, I, and I couldn't see myself, um, doing things perfectly. You know, that's what I grew, grew up thinking I had to do everything perfectly. So being a perfectionist and saying, but I'm not this, and or I have, I, I, or just to be, you know, light on it. I, I, I weigh ten pounds too much, you know, whatever it was, yeah. that stopped me from really stepping into my light as a, of being of service to others, not to shine on myself, but to really give my gifts and talents to the world, um, and you know, so there was shame, there was um, self doubt. All kind of self-doubt, and you know, it was kind of like I could tell you how to do and and how to be fully authentic, and I can push you out there into the world and have you believe in that you got this. And in the darkness, in my own darkness, I didn't believe I got it. You know, there it is. Um, wow. How many, how many of you out there can relate to that? Was it a lonely experience, Lachey? Oh yeah. Did you feel alone? I, I felt alone because um, 
of the way I present myself um, as competent and strong and knowledgeable, when I did have these fears and doubts, um, not too many people, not that they didn't believe me, but they were like skeptical, like, oh, it's nothing. Oh, it's, you know, comparing me, oh, it's not like that. Um, and that when I became an alcoholic and I said that I'm alcoholic, people, the same thing. Oh, but you're not a bum on Skid Row. You're not homeless. You're, you have this, you have that. You're married. You're all these things that I had and all the um, degrees that I was able to get. Um, it was not believable. And so if anything that I want to say to the newcomer is that um, there's no, it doesn't look a certain way. Alcoholism doesn't look a certain way. And so um, just do the work and um, you too can be free and in delight. Great. However, we got a couple of good ghost stories coming up here in the yes. next couple of segments. Yes. Yeah, now that we kind of know what, what mm. takes us out off, and certainly when we have clear recognition and can look back. Mm. Hey, we're going to be right back with Lachey. I'm Toby C. on the Fourth Dimension, talking about evil resistance during early recovery, mashing out a couple of ghost stories with Lachey. Are you ready to mash them out, Lachey? Let's mash them. All right. Stand by for your seatbelt. Oh, the bed bugs bite. Be right back. the imagination to take us places we might be afraid to go. You are entering the fourth dimension with Toby C. There is no such thing as coincidences. Here's Toby. Toby's back with Lachey. Hey. All right. Ghost story number one. Mm. Lachey. I mean, you were... You slipped into no man's land is what you're talking about. Yes. And uh, it was a lonely place. And, Mm -hmm. you know, many of us uh, alcoholics and and junkies can really relate to this loneliness. The the battle cry of self-pity, you don't understand me. Definitely. Does that that ring a bell? It does. So so there you are, this, this channel of God. This 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 lantern that's had the cover torn off of it, mm-hmm. shining and beaming this wonderful light, and for some reason the dominion of of evil started to close in. And and what happened? Do you think? You know what do you what do you think happened? You know, I think this? that for me when I because all teachings you know, across the the world teach that when you step forward, then you will be attacked. You know, um, all of the heroes, you know, have been attacked. The hero's journey, you know, there's an attack that comes. And um, I was no different than a lot of these people. And I, 
I ran away from it. You know, I, I lost, I didn't have the tools to fight or I didn't access the tools to fight. Again, I can tell you what, what to do when you're fighting. But when I was fighting and being attacked, I didn't. Um, I went into shame at the fact that I was being attacked. So it was this whole mental um, process in my head. And um, so people, there was nobody to understand, really. I mean, some, um, and if they did, you know, when I was drinking, it was, maybe they did, but I didn't hear them. And so being in my addiction and then spiraling and feeling shame that I was letting down God and the world and, there you go. And so that's what put me in that wilderness. Okay, so Lachey just gave us a hint how she slipped into the no man's land. Mm-hmm. And and maybe, listeners, you can relate to this, because this is Toby's deal as well. Failed perfectionist. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Lachey, you were a perfectionist. We My, talked about this yeah. earlier. This is, this is how you rolled. This is how you were... Your your family structure, yeah. your values, and everything, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and you were able to to transmute and transmit God's perfection and His light and His hope and His love, but for some reason, mm-hmm. you still felt imperfect. Right, and and less than you know that um, it was more God doing it, God like puppeting me. Um, until I realized later on that we were doing it together, you know. I get it, but but it but at that moment, that Lachey, moment I was what was making what was making Lachey feel less than was it God? No, no. It was, was this a test from God? No, mm-mm. you know, mm-mm. there there was something chipping away, right. and um and take a look at the seven deadlies right over here on this, right right over here, mm-hmm. and um, what do you think? What do you think out of those seven deadlies, pride, anger, envy, greed, lust, sloth, and gluttony, mm. may have triggered you slipping into no man's land? What do you think? I think off the top, uh, the first three, pride, anger, and envy. Um, but envy of what other people had. You know, I didn't have what other people had. You know, God wasn't using me like God was using other people. And so that seeped in that thinking and not yeah. that God had a special space for me to be but, but I wasn't in that space where everybody else was so I was envious and you, you weren't being used right. how you felt how God fe- should be using you yes and that's actually a demonstration of what pride pride yeah sure. that's what I was gonna that was the next one is like that led into pride and and then the pride led in anger yeah. and um, all of that built into shame there you go it was somewhere was somewhere in this 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 evil stew mm-hmm. was there the the battle cry of why right why why, why not why me why, why you know exactly. all the, all of the things that i teach my students not to ask or you know to ask but to hold the answer loosely or um but when i when teach my students to give others the grace give themselves the grace that they give others you know i wasn't practicing what i was teaching um, and so, how about that for our first ghost story with Lachey? <laughs> it's it's something came in and tried to throw a, a cloak over her lantern of light, yeah. and and maybe just maybe it was not accepting 
how God wanted to use Lachey. Yes. And yes. Lachey wanted God to use Lachey a certain this way, way, you see? Yes. And, um, and there it is. Mm-hmm. And into the abyss we slipped. Yes, sir. How about that for our first ghost story? We're going to be right back with Lachey mashing out another <laughs> ghost story about evil resistance during early recovery. Yeah. And when we come back, I'm, I'm going to do a, another quick couple of one-liners about mm-hmm. making sure everybody understands it's not a show about the devil. No. It's about keeping the mysteries of faith alive. Alive. And real. Mm-hmm. Not abstract, but come on, relevant. Yes. You better yes. believe it. Only God could and Lachey and Toby would <laughs> come right back. <laughs> Making sense out of nonsense. Making you as curious and uncomfortable as possible with the truth. You've landed in the fourth dimension with Toby C. Making you as uncomfortable <laughs> with the truth. How about that? Yeah. Did you make people uncomfortable with your truth, Lachey? Yeah, I think so. Um, I... When I stood up in my truth, when I was able to um, speak my truth and represent my truth, um, not everybody wanted to hear it or were able to hear it. And so um, ending up when I was in corporate America, it was hard um, to speak from the standpoint of an African-American woman, myself, not all African-American women, but come with my thoughts and my perspective on the world that was different. And oftentimes it was like, oh, we don't need that. You know, oh, that. thank you, I, I hear that, but that's not um, where we're going right now. And so... You're talking about being discounted? Yes. You're talking about being disrespected? Mm-hmm. Dismissed. Um, and the interesting thing about that is the reason why I kept speaking over the years is because eventually it would come back. And they would be like, oh... Hmm. Um, with all of the COVID and the changes that happened, it was like, oh, now I became this, I got tired of being the, the token, you know, <laughs> like every time something happened, it was like, hey, let's get Lachey to do this. Let's get Lachey to read this. Let's put her out there in front of the media, you know, our media people and, uh, you know, show that we care, you know. So um, those are some wounds that, you know, I'm healing, I'm working on. You know, we talked about last segment, no man's land. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe you were experiencing no man's land before you really slipped into no man's land. How about that? Yes, yes. And, you know, you know doing the work of the program, you know, um, newcomers, there's a bunch of cliches on the walls of AA and in the mouths of every sponsor. But when it says it works if you work it, Trust me, it works if you work it. And beware, because the work is difficult. It's hard, and it's about you. It's not about what anybody did to me or 
It's not about racism. It's not about sexism. It's about how I show up in the world. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to show up in the world before, and so I drank. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and during early recovery, all those little triggers come up. You know, I was getting triggered left and right. Like, um, well, what were your triggers? There it is. These are, these are the hurdles, mm -hmm. gang. Listen up, listeners. Okay, these are the hurdles that that you're going to possibly encounter in early recovery. What were they? Well, one of them was that I realized I was codependent because I tried to control everybody. And so living in community in a house, um, I came in like I do my own house. I, I take care of everything. I run things. And, you know, I give advice when it's none of my business, you know. And so I got caught up in the distractions of not doing my work because I wanted to help everybody else. And helping people in of itself is not a bad thing. Helping people when you need to be helping yourself is, you know, not so good. Perfect. So what, what I hear you describing is you were discovering that you were having living skills getting along with other people. Mm -hmm. You could teach and, and, and instruct and inspire people how to, to be at peace and, and to find serenity. But, but, but you yourself were having trouble getting mm -hmm. along calmly and, and, and fairly and in a balanced manner with, with others. Yes. There it is. Yeah. And, of course, we come to discover that quite often a lot of these, these codependent behaviors are, are, are defects that are, that are activated by fear. Fear. There it is. Yeah. Fear, shame. And, and by the way, is, is, is God fear? No. Come on. You know, God, you know, no. we, have, you know mm -hmm. we should fear God for sure. Right. But, but God doesn't want to put us in fear. Unless there's some justifiable test, but I don't think this is a test, Lachey, do you? No, I don't. I think this is a definite growing area. And so, you know, one of the things is I came in, instead of coming in as a client into these, you know, rehabs and these spaces, I brought myself as a teacher in. And I had to be told, you know, um, you're a client. You don't need to teach in this area. And so I was in a place where I could hear it. And it actually was like, whoo, thank you. All I have to do is worry about myself. I love it. I love it. So really, possibly, Lachey, are you talking about a demon that you discovered in early recovery? The demon of fear, perhaps. Yes. See, yes. it's yeah. not the drinking and the drugging. Mm. It's about the underlying causes and conditions yeah. that cause us to act out right. in fear. And fear. And fear of my fear specifically was not being in control because I did not want to um, show my emotions. And so emotions were bad in the corporate world. You know, America teaches us that, you know, keep your emotions separate from business. And so I had emotions, but I, yeah, I suppressed them. And then when I couldn't suppress them by myself, I used alcohol to suppress them. And so, but I was afraid of everything. You know, I was afraid of being found out. I was afraid of you know, hurting somebody. I was afraid of uh, losing my marriage, which um, is, we're going through a divorce process now, but it's not a fear-based process. It is a, you know, um, it is a process where we, uh, we're thinking through it and talking through it and, and you know, I'm working the steps. I mean, work the steps, work the steps. They are in order for a reason and they lead you to each other. So don't look at, 
Like I looked at step nine and I was like, how am I supposed to make amends? And they did this to me. And then I started with one through eight. I was able to see, oh, you know, this is, there's a process to it. Yeah, yeah. You were talking about being driven by a hundred forms of fear. Right, yeah. You know, selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root cause, but driven yes. by a hundred forms of fear. Yeah. And, um, and there it was, you know, you discovered, you discovered one of the root causes and there it was. And it was a pretty painful discovery, discovering this fear, discovering this, this defect yeah. in your ability to really get along with people. Right. And, and was it discouraging? And did you want to, did this, did this, did, did this, this, this recognition, this, did this clarity of this defect, was it discouraging initially? What do you think? Yeah, because I went straight to shame. And so it was like I got corrected and then I was ashamed that I had done something wrong or that I was wrong, inherently wrong, because that's what shame is, that I, there's something wrong with me. And there's enough stuff that's not right with me. But, you know, learning these things, I had to, I went to shame and then I turned it over, you know. So I had to go through the shame. And that's another thing. You have to go through the hard feelings, the hard um you know, situations to to grow, you know. How beautiful. You know, Lachey, the truth hurts, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it does. And, and, you know, and is it possible, is it possible that you were still conducting this type of, of harmful codependent behavior Definitely. before you hit your bottom, which kind of helped lead you to your bottom? What do you think? I I think I've been codependent most of my life. I just didn't have a word to put to it because looking back, yeah. it's like, wow, I was a controlling person. No wonder, you know, it was, you know, you do it my way, self-seeking, self-centered. My uh, way is better, so just do it my way and everybody be happy, you know. I, I um, love it. Hey, and by the way, listeners, you know, if you're not familiar with codependency or Codependence Anonymous, you know, we're just going to keep it in, in AA lexicon mm-hmm. and, and, and in Alcoholics Anonymous. We call right. it the bondage of self. Yes. Okay. There and we go. use many different little ploys and tactics of of uh, denial and low self-esteem and compliance and control mm-hmm. and avoidance to keep us trapped in this bondage of self. Yes. And really early recovery, Lachey, is about breaking out of this bondage of self, isn't it? Yes, it is. And a part of that, you know, one of the biggest things was I was... I was given the opportunity to consider not defending myself. And that was something I didn't really realize. I was always defending myself. I had to prove myself, you know. To keep yourself out of shame. To keep myself out of shame. And, uh, you know, I hear you, but listen to me, you know, when I was being corrected. Yeah, but you don't understand, you know. And so it was like, just don't defend. Sit with it. Work the steps. Connect with my higher power. Keep surrendering. I mean... I thought the surrender was one and done. Oh, my goodness. I think I surrender like 10 times a day, and then I stopped counting, you know. I got it. You know, one of the, like, like Lachey said, you're going to hear a lot of cliches mm-hmm. and little slogans and one-liners, and, mm-hmm. and, and one of them is, is, would you rather be right yeah. or would you rather be happy? Exactly. Now, now Toby's here to tell you, gang, that you can be right 
and, and you can be happy. Okay, yes. you really can. Yes, you know, and w- and the way you do that is you uh, is you hit bottom, mm. and uh, you find a sponsor, and you trust the process. Yeah. Sometimes when we're putting our hand in the hand of, of another man or woman, mm-hmm. it's, the, it's the same as putting our hand in the hand of the man upstairs, you know, the, the great one. Right. Okay. And, uh, and something wants us to, to not trust that process. Right. And that brings me back to rehab. You know, like you say, I got to rehab. Um, I spent the first days, you know, medicated and getting me, you know, detoxed or whatever, and then I took off. You know, I had, it was a 38-day program. But I wanted to be finished and done by day 10, you know. Um, and there's a, a space of sitting in the bottom for a little while, you know, not trying to rush out of it. To so feel. Far, to feel the feelings, to <laughs> to face the demons, to face the dragon, you know, and and just sit there in it, you know, knowing that I was safe and there are people who... Were there to help me. Sure. Um, and, and by the way, to sit there is maybe to pray and meditate and yeah. ask God for a little direction of, of, of what he wants for us right. with all of this behavior. But, hey, we don't want to sit there and, and, and get stuck, right. you know, but for sure. No, it's healthy like I said, that 38 days, you know, use the days, you know, I use my 38 days and then I use the next 90 days in sober living and then I'm, I use, you know, the aftercare days to um, to be sheltered, you know. It's like I was a baby again in the womb. And, and you don't kick the baby out of the womb, you know, after the first trimester. You know, it takes time to be formed and reformed um, in this process. Beautiful. I had a really great... Uh, ending to this segment and I just lost it. Hey, you know what though? Hey, there it is. Um, sometimes the devil that we don't know is is this mm. shock of really who we were right. when we were running and gunning and, 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 and hurting ourselves and our yeah. excesses. But at the end of the day, Lachey, don't you agree? We're not bad people. We're we just not. did bad things. Yeah, and we were hurting. And we were hurting. So, yeah. And hurt people sometimes hurt people. Exactly. Exactly. It's totally good. I don't know. Yeah, me too. Be right back with Lachey. Shutting down an hour on the fourth dimension. Talking about evil resistance during early recovery. Sharing testimonies about the evil influences interfering in our most desperate and hopeful moments in life. Here's Toby. Okay, Lachey. Okay, Toby. Terrified of rejection mm-hmm. in, this, in this loneliness. Yeah. This loneliness that so few people understand outside of us. As uh, alcoholics who have slipped into no man's land, but you got out of no man's land, didn't you? Finally? I did, I did, and and I had to overcome that 
fear of rejection. And I think for me, the fear of rejection was um, having to have a committee go with me um, everywhere I went. So I had to ask this person, you know, I couldn't go alone. And my recovery journey is definitely alone um, outside of my family and friends. It was just me, me and God, basically. And um, that was kind of representative as um, I drove from Indiana back to Palm Springs um, after graduating from sober living. And the journey, um, the, uh, the like four days to drive and being on the road alone. And um, this time I, I realized I wasn't alone because I had my higher power and I had a new... Uh, tribe as I call it of, of my sponsor my sober sisters and brothers you know I had phone call people I can call and uh, it just helped to really change me you know wow how spiritual Lachey yeah and, and there it is what you're talking about is the power of unity yeah. and yeah. boy uh, hey you know if we haven't figured out that part of your your history and your problem, as was mine, was this loneliness yeah. and this isolation and the battle cry of self-pity. You don't understand me. Right. So, of course, the solution would be people. Right. You know, people who need people are the luckiest people in the world. <laughs> and people right. who don't need people because people hurt us right. and we isolate, we become cursed. Yeah. And there's our devil is this curse of loneliness. And your solution involves the group. Yes. And Lachey, have you experienced a God of your understanding, a deeper faith to a, a God of your understanding as as it expressed itself to you through the group? What do you think? Yes. I mean, um, part of my, um, you know, being in sober living and rehab, uh, especially sober living is, you know, you have to go to meetings. The one I was in, you had to go to meetings. And so, I was forced to go to meetings, quote unquote, um, and then I started liking them. You know, as I listened to the stories of others, and I realized, hey, I'm not that lonely. Um, hey, these people understand. Hey, that sounds like my story. And it was, it didn't matter the the race, the sex, the the sexual orientation, none of the economics. The story of the alcoholic is the story of the alcoholic, and. I can find myself in the spaces and spaces of, of the meeting rooms. And that's what really helped me not to be lonely. And I may have to do things, I will have to do things alone, but I'll never be lonely. I love it. You know, you mentioned that you, you battled with pride mm-hmm. because you were perfect. You were raised to be perfect. Right. And, and us perfectionists can be mm-hmm. rather narrow-minded. Very. And, uh, and, and really one of the fruits of recovery is open-mindedness. Yes. And when we open our minds to to the Word of God, quite often, Lachey, we find it through the mouths of babes of other people. Yes. And I love the fact that you don't have to go through life anymore alone no. and lonely. You don't have to experience any situation, any relationship, any hardship alone. No. And, and just having another person there is is indeed having the spirit of a power greater than yourself. How about that? It's amazing. I mean, maybe by the time somebody listens to this, I'll be in Australia 
but I've already looked up AA in Australia, and it's huge. What do you have so going on down there? I'm going to go teach some chaplains how to be chaplains in Australia. Um, I love it. At their hospitals down there in Perth, actually. And so, um, and the, you know, I went. I thought I lost everything. You know, I thought that stepping out and saying, "Hey, I need to go to rehab. Hey, I got to go." You know, I'm an alcoholic that I would lose everything. And I may have lost people. I don't I don't know. Um, but I didn't lose any of the things that I had had beforehand. I didn't lose my light. I didn't lose my education. I didn't lose the fact that I'm compassionate and loving and all of my values. I didn't lose them. Um, you, were just, you were just able to let it in now. Yes, yes. And open yourself right. up. How interesting. Oh, you're going to have a wonderful experience in in Australia yeah. or wherever you go. Right. Uh, you know what's so nice about about the twelve step program? What? Uh, is that it's a it's a it's a nice even blend of of a, an ecumenical message mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and a secular approach. It allows people to find and and conceive of a power greater than themselves. Right. And as they start to get closer to that power and 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 feel that power, mm-hmm. many of us come to the rationalization that it is indeed having acquired God consciousness. Yes. And how nice that even the secular, even the atheist, even mm-hmm. the agnostic yes. can acquire this sense of God consciousness. And something doesn't want us to feel this God consciousness. No. But how nice, Lachey. And you have found this God consciousness. Yeah. And, and it's through other people. Other people, community, connection, connection with, with like-minded people, you know. Um, you know, the one thing to the newcomers, I got caught up on step one that said I was powerless to alcohol because I, I just read that I was powerless and I haven't grown up to be powerless, you know, um, of, you know, and so, but then I read it and it said I'm powerless against alcohol. And so once I accepted that and make that distinction, and then my higher power is one that gives me power, you know, my higher power does not want me to be uh, overly or um, misunderstood, uh, not misunderstood, but use that humility thing to put, you know, squash my light you know, my my higher power wants me to have the power of my own light there it that, is. that the higher power gave me. And so um, hey, this Le- is a wild journey. <laughs> you know, it's a wild journey. Hey, Le- before we leave, do you believe that there is one who has all power? Oh, yes. yes. And, and, and that one is God. It is God. And, and your, the God of your understanding. Yes. You know, and, that's and, what I love, that phrase. And may you find him now. Now. And... And you don't have to do it alone, do you, Lachey? No, you don't. No, you right don't. On. Find a room. They're out there. Right on. Thank you so much. What a fun Thank hour with Lachey here in the fourth dimension. I'm Toby C. Any last minute little goodbye? Uh, just work, 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 work. <laughs> it works if you work it. Yes, it does. Right on. Thanks, right. Lachey. God bless. Thank you. God bless.